three, two, one. For the week ending on August 10th, Philadelphia had a total record of 5-7 with the Phillies going 2-5, losing all three series, the Union going 1-0 with a 5-1 win, the Fusion going 1-1 with a Map 5 win and a Map 5 loss, the Eagles going 0-1 with a 10-27 loss, and the Soul winning their only game this week, 48-41. So much to talk about as always, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride here on the Orange Line. The Orange Line, your weekly source of Philly sports, the city's first and only 8 for 8 sports podcast. I am your host, Dr. PhD, here to break down some of the biggest and most important moments from the AFL, MLB, MLS, NBA, NFL, NHL, NLL, and OWL, all as it pertains to the city of brotherly love. And how do we do that? Well, we uh, we start where we left off last week. We work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news. And then we uh, we ended off with some predictions and uh, what's going to be happening next week. So where did we end last week? Well, it was with your now contenders for uh, Arena Bowl 32, the Philadelphia Soul. Um, we are just getting underway. I'm very, very, very excited. But let's talk about last um, last week. Because uh, we came in to the game with a 36-point lead in uh, the aggregate score, which meant that uh, if if the Washington Valor were you know really going to be the team to go to the Arena Bowl, they would have to score at least 36 more points than us, which is uh, good that they didn't. 48 to 41 for the win, absolutely. Uh, great job by the soul. Darius Prince kept his touchdown streak alive. He is 17 uh, games straight with a touchdown, which is fantastic. He had three on the day for this game, which is absolutely great news. The defense was also really, really good, like they have been in the past couple of weeks, uh, being able to put a lot of pressure on Washington's uh dual threat quarterback we had two interceptions in the game five sacks which is a season high which is absolutely fantastic I love that uh the defense is carrying a lot of momentum going into the arena bowl so this is all very very good news taking down the defending champs Washington Valor uh sorry it's not your year it's time for the Philadelphia Soul to get back into that championship winning uh team those winning ways I don't know uh, but in other news, on Monday, James Roman, James Romain, I should say, was uh, uh, awarded the Defensive Back of the Year. Again, he uh, was defending his title from last year, the 2018 season. Wins it again this year, so still incredibly good defensively in uh, the backfield. And on Thursday, Clint uh, Dalzell, our... Uh, glorious our great head coach ended up winning head coach of the year so congratulations to him i know he's won it i think two other times in 2015 and 16 but it's nice that he's getting recognized for the great job that he has done uh so far this year 
And uh, on Friday, it was also announced that James Romain was given the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, not just the defensive back, but overall defense. He is uh, the best that uh, all of the AFL has seen uh, defensively. So great job there to James and the rest of the soul. I'm really excited for this Arena Bowl. I won a championship back in Philly, and uh, I think the soul have a really good chance of doing that. Uh, also, seven players were announced to the AFL All-Arena uh, team. There were three that were announced for the first team, and the uh, other four were announced for the second team. So uh, congratulations to them. That is fantastic news, but let's see what else is going on throughout Philadelphia. The Sixers, um, they have uh, a little bit of news going on. They uh, announced on Monday this past week their preseason schedule they're all going to be played in uh about the beginning to mid time of october that's going to be the 8th 11th 13th 15th and 18th um i can't really remember the teams that we're playing but it's preseason it it really doesn't matter too much uh you know toying around with some systems and uh lineups and whatnot so if you really care about the preseason save those dates i'm gonna make sure that i remember them watch those games and let you know about all the news that is coming up with them also on thursday the sixers signed isaiah miles who i think is a point guard maybe i don't know i probably should have looked that up but uh he played ball in europe for a, a handful of years apparently did really well over there uh, but the coolest thing, I think, is that he played college at St. Joseph's. Um, so he's coming back to Philly. Hooray! I like it when the people that played in Philly originally, they leave a little bit. They're like, this place sucks. And then they come back to Philly, and it's like, yeah, this is this is the place to be. Uh, but that is it for the 76ers. So let's talk about the Eagles a little bit, why don't we? Um, their preseason opened up this past week on Thursday. And uh, it was with a loss. It's the preseason, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, didn't really tell me much, if I'm going to be honest, about the whole situation. None of the starters played, which is completely fine. Plus, like, did you see Nate Sudfeld? Sudfield? I don't know. The dude ended up uh, getting a late hit, broke his arm. Thank God that was not Carson Wentz. I, I would have been... I don't know how I would have reacted if that was Carson Wentz that got hurt in a preseason game. I don't know if I would have been happy because I was like, yeah, I was right. This guy, you know, gets hurt or sad because now I go, oh boy, the Eagles season is probably done. Um, but yeah, so thankfully no one, I not to belittle Nate, but uh, no one very important to this team uh, got hurt and... Uh, that's good. Also, Mark Ann Mitchell ended up getting the only touchdown on the day on a 75-yard uh, reception. It was his only uh, reception of the game, so good job to Mark Ann. That's very fun. Um, and then throughout the rest of the week from training camp and whatnot, the things that I've heard is that Miles Sanders is looking to be a, uh, a running back who's on a different level than a lot of other people. Derek Barnett is starting practicing, which is very nice. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside looks like he has a lot of promise as a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, a lot of people are talking about no starters in the preseason. I really don't care. I want these guys to be healthy. Plus, they're saying that they're getting a lot of work in during uh, practices, so I'm not too worried about it. Not too worried at all. Um, in terms of other teams... The Flyers 
just really haven't had too much to work with either. The World Junior Summer Showcase comes to an end. Uh, and so just some of the stat lines to go over. Joel Farabee had three goals and two assists and five uh, in four games, I should say. He had five points in total. Um, and he's going to end up going to his first NHL training camp this season with the Flyers, which is really nice. Hopefully he makes an impact over there, gets a good impression, maybe go to the AHL. Who knows? Uh, Cam York also did pretty good. He had a goal and two assists in five games. Uh, from what I read, he was a lot better defensively off the puck and was able to move around and make his presence uh, really well known. Um, plus, he, uh, he he was just really good at being that kind of offensive defenseman, getting shots on goal, jumping into the power play, which is uh, really nice to hear. Uh, Bobby Brink, the man with the coolest name at uh, this entire showcase, didn't really sparkle that much. He had one assist in five games played. That was on a Cam York goal, so that's pretty cool. Um, but he does have a lot to work on from what I've read. Um, and he he just didn't really get that time to shine because he was playing with Joel Farabee and Cam York and some of these other bigger prospects that are out there that he kind of just faded a little bit into the background. Um, Adam Ginning for uh, Sweden had two goals in uh, his five games played, and everything I read said that he should be a guy who uh, is pretty much like a shoe-in to uh, make the Sweden national juniors team, which is really nice. I don't know how well that translates to playing in the AHL or NHL, but uh, I hear that he is a very good defensive prospect coming up. Very, very, very nice to hear. Um, Oops. I'm messing things up a little bit, but let's talk about the Wings now because they have... uh, They've made some more moves. Last week I talked about them signing, uh, who is it, Ian Lord. The Lord comes back to Philadelphia, which is really nice. But we ended up signing three more players this week by the names of Corey Vitarelli, who's a forward, uh, Daryl Ward, who's a transitional player, and Brandon Miller, who is a goalie. Um, Which, on the surface, is like, all right, they're just filling out the roster. That's pretty cool. But uh, the general manager, Paul Day, ended up saying that the goal for all of these moves was to have like a, a winning veteran kind of presence uh, onto the team, get that experience, knowledge you know, given to some of the younger kids that are playing for this team. And that's a lot of what these guys are. Brandon Miller has been in the league for a long time, so he can be a mentor to uh, Zach Higgins, who is the goalie that we just brought in, who's kind of young, but really trying to figure out his starting life. And uh, Daryl Wad, who is a former football player, played in the CFL, uh, looks like he has a really bright future playing lacrosse, where he uh, used to play in, I think, a pro league somewhere else. Um, but uh, he looks like he's going to have a really bright future. And uh, Corey Vitarelli, who is uh, a really physical presence on offense, and uh, he's had that winning experience before, so he's going to be able to help out some of these guys, like you know, like our boy Matt Rambo. Hopefully, uh, give him a little bit experience, a little bit of knowledge, and uh, hopefully, this team can start progressing into one of those winning teams that uh, people like to talk about oh so much. I know I do. Um, but the the main goal for that, he said, was to make the team a bit more physical. Um, have that veteran and winning experience and uh, 
you know, be able to transition this team into, you know, the bright future that it really should have. We have some of the best uh, rookies from last season still on our team. So that is a very, very good sign. As for the Phillies, though, didn't have that great of a week. It's been very frustrating to be a Phillies fan for the past few weeks. They have not been doing a good job of things lately. But we start this week off with a series deciding game against the White Sox, where, um, I don't, I don't know. Smiley didn't make me smiley this time. He ends up going five, uh, I mean, giving up five in the second inning. And uh, the, like, takeaway I had from this game is this team doesn't play well from behind. I mean, like, we we like to have the lead, obviously. Every team likes to have the lead. But when we don't have the lead, it's it's kind of like we shut down, unless they decide to score a million runs, and it's like, all right, well, we're going to score a million runs too, but, like, five less, and we're still going to lose. Um, like, we did get five runs of offense in this one. We lose five to ten, um, which, you know, five runs is, I think it's pretty good, but realistically, when you're giving up 10, it's not that great. Uh, Corey Dickerson, though, heating up, ended up having a uh, three RBI day, getting a home run in there as well. Really, really nice job from him. Um, but in this game, the Phillies end up leaving five on. They are three for eight with uh, runners in scoring position, and that's uh, kind of a theme for this week. But we'll uh, go over that as it continues. On Monday, we start a West Coast road trip, um, which took place at first in Arizona with a Vinny Velo start. He ends up going seven, which is pretty good. Um, gave up a few home runs, which uh, gave up some runs. You know, you hate to see it. But uh, we had the offense there. Seven to three is the uh, final score. Kingry ends up getting a home run in his uh, return home to Arizona. That's really cool. But here's the problem. We went 5-for-19 with runners in scoring position. Uh, only 7 runs off of that, and we had 19 people in scoring position in that game. Not a good sign. And on Tuesday, we lose the game 4-8, to eight, and we go 2-for-17 with runners in scoring position. And the only two runs that were scored off of that were by Adam Hazley, which is very nice. And I want you to remember that fact, that Adam Hazley got two hits, that scored two runs, and that is a very good thing for the Phillies. Um, Arietta ends up going five in this game, uh, but you can just tell. You, you can tell he's not 100%. He's not throwing the way that Jake Arietta um, we're used to seeing. So uh, I, really, I really just wish he would you know, have gone and sat for a little while. Take some rest. Take some time off. Eflin can pitch for you. We got these two new guys. They can pitch. You know, I just I would rather him healthy. Dickerson, though, had a leadoff home run, so that's pretty cool. Gave us some runs. Another home run from the new guy. Nice. Uh, Wednesday, we ended up going down as well, 1-6. to six. Boo. So a hot start to the series ends up not really doing much for us. Uh, Vargas ends up going five in this game. And, uh, the problem is like, we give too much time to the bullpen. We give too much time to all of the pitchers that are supposed to be in for relief. And they, they just really can't get the job done. They're probably our weakest point right now. And our, our starting pitching still isn't good, but it, they're somehow much worse. Uh, so they, they end up kind of, Shit in the bed a little bit. That's the phrase I'll use. 
Harper ends up hitting a home run his 20th. He uh, now has 74 RBIs. That's really cool. Only over three with uh, runners in scoring position, though, but we didn't really hit that much. Wasn't too offensively effective in uh, Wednesday's game. On Thursday, it was the Battle of the Aces, though, as we moved to San Francisco. It was Nola versus Bumgarner, and... um, Unfortunately, it wasn't a classic Aaron Nola game. He only goes five innings, is responsible for uh, three earned runs in the third, um, which kind of just put us away very early into the game. Um, We only get one hit. One hit off of Madison Bumgarner. There were two walks, I believe. Only three base runners all game. Uh, So that's very upsetting. Also, before this game, uh, it was announced that uh, Jay Bruce was coming back from the injured list, so to make room for him on the team, the Phillies decided to send Adam Hazley to the minor leagues and have Jay Bruce uh, play in the field. We took a hot bat off of the team, didn't even put him on the bench, and we put him in the minor leagues. So way to you know stall his momentum there. That's great. Um, moving into Thursday, though, we end up getting a win in San Fran, a 9-6 win, and uh, even though the starting pitching kind of seemed to be mediocre at best, uh, we did get an okay game. Drew Smiley goes five and two-thirds. He's responsible for four runs, but he ended up giving up all six. Uh, there are three home runs for that, so... Um, make with that information as you will. I, I don't think home runs are... The worst. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I just feel like hitting around and giving up runs that way, letting up a million hits is a lot worse than like, you know, they could have just had a read on a ball and boom, it's gone. I don't know. Maybe that's just my opinion. But uh, Harper ends up hitting two runs. He's at 22 now. Ends up having four RBIs for the rest of the day. Dickerson, three more RBIs. The dude's handling business. Love it. Um, also, Jay Bruce got hurt in that first game back. So uh, welcome back, uh, Hazley. It's really nice to see you. Um, it just really makes me question why you even make the move in the first place. Three for seven runners in scoring position in this game. Uh, still not getting it done. Then Saturday, the uh, Phillies uh, just are, are put into a bad position. They have to go up against a great pitching day. For this guy on San Francisco who has the hardest name possible. I was going to write it down, but I was like, I'm never going to remember how to even say this guy's name. So, Some dude on San Fran had a really good pitching day against us. Uh, the only highlight is that Dickerson hit another home run. It's his ninth RBI of the week. Uh, so he's doing a pretty good job for uh, just joining the team not too long ago. Also, uh, Vince back on the mound gives up three on uh, two home runs, so two very well-hit balls. Um, didn't pitch that bad, though. Still not what we want to see from the Phillies. Very upsetting. Uh, but, yeah, we just we can't connect for some reason when we have runners in scoring position, and that's, that's something that literally killed us this week. We had so much opportunity to bank off of what was already set and nothing. Very disappointing from this team. The Fusion, though, have been, um, I'll say, pretty exciting to watch, actually. They've been really, really fun. Lots of map fives. Two last week, two again this week. Um, but it started off on Sunday. We got a hot start taking map one uh, pretty convincingly, actually. There was a back and forth, and uh, 
we did give up uh, point number one to Toronto, but uh, we kind of fought back pretty hard, outplayed them very well, and uh, then we just got stuffed while we were attacking. We came into uh, map two and map three where we were the ones setting the pace, attacking first, you know, having all of that time bank, and we just, we got stuffed. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's it was rough. I do have an idea, but we'll get to it. Um, and then we ended up saving the game, saving the match with a great run on Havana again, the map that we ended up getting that 6-3 uh, to three win on just last week with an insane overtime run. So we had another great run uh, where they actually attacked first. We were able to follow their pace and do it a bit better than them. So uh, good job on that. It was a nail-biter of my map five afterwards, but uh, the job got done. It was very close. Uh, thankfully, we got another win. So at this point in the week, I believe we are 13 and 11. No, 14 and 11, which is... Uh, you know, pretty good for our positioning. I believe at this point we were eighth in the league, so we are in that spot to uh, have a play-in game for the playoffs, get to the playoffs, hopefully get to grand finals. Uh, only note that I had from this game specifically, this match specifically, is that uh, Carpe's Widow just seems to be, it has to be warmed up before he can actually play. Uh, he seems like he's starting a lot of games off with Reaper, which will be doing well, but when his Widow is cool, when it's not warmed up, when it's not prepared, it uh, ends up looking a little sloppy. But when it comes to late uh, match, he ends up getting a lot of very, very key shots with Widow. So that's the only thing I noticed from that match. On Thursday, we started off week three with uh, another map five situation. And I remember this started with everyone before the match even happening going, there's no way that Philly should lose this. There's no way that Philly should lose this. Thanks for all the foreshadowing, by the way. We were playing Paris Eternal, who are a uh, team that is at the bottom of the table. They had a 0.3% chance of winning and moving into... Well, they have a 3 a 0.3% chance, I should say, to get into the playoffs, which means they would have to win out and play incredibly, um, and we're like almost guaranteed to have a spot in the playoffs. It's not fully guaranteed yet, but it is close. Anyway, um, as expected, we kind of outplayed them for the first two maps, a nice 2-1 uh, and a 2-1 on both map 1 and map 2. Very nice. Uh, then we exit halftime and kind of just get turned around on. Uh, we lose lots of critical fights that could have, uh, you know, turned the tide of getting some points and uh, stopping some points on uh, Paris's behalf, uh, which sucked. Then we ended up going into map three, which uh, was really taken over by one shadow burn off of Paris Eternal. He is a player that used to play for the Fusion, has a really good Farah, and this just happens to be one of those maps that uh, Farah is very, very good on. So he was able to outplay us a little bit, get a lot of damage, and unfortunately we lose map 5, 1-2. to two. Uh, Moving us to 14-12, and 12, still in a good position to make the playoffs, but it's not guaranteed just yet, unfortunately. And last but not least, we have the Philadelphia Union. The Beast in the East was on full display this weekend. Starting on Sunday, had a big match 
against DC United needed this win, a very big win, to put the Beast back on top of the East. And uh, Bedoya opens it up three minutes in uh, with a very nice goal that hits post, rolls in. Nice, nice, nice job from Bedoya. Ends up having a a, uh, very loud message after the goal, celebrating with his buddies and going out and saying that uh, gun control needs to be handled a little bit better. Yells at Congress. Good for him. I uh, respect the man for having his morals and uh, trying to use his platform to do something about it. Very nice. Uh, Fabian also had two goals this game. Uh, I was going to say Prisblico, but we all know Shabilko ends up getting back into action, getting another goal. He is leading the team with 10 right now. Very nice. And Fafa Pico ends up getting a goal in this game. 5-1. to one. Very nice job. It did help that uh, the D.C. United ended up getting a red card in um about the 40th minute which put us into the second half at a man advantage and having a lot to uh you know help us end up winning this game but uh yeah it brings us back on top we're now first place once again leading by three points uh very very nice job nice enough to get jim Curtin, the coach of the week honors for the mls and uh marco fabian and uh alejandro bedoya ends up getting named to uh, the MLS Team of the Week with uh, Bedoya on the bench. But uh, very, very nice stuff coming out of the Union recently. They have been the highlights of uh, some of the past few weeks. Very good to see. But uh, for right now, I guess we can focus on what is happening later in the week. Lots of stuff, actually. Lots of sports to go on, so let's break it down. The Phillies have their uh, season, not season, their series ender with San Francisco today, Sunday. And then uh, going Tuesday to Thursday, they're going to be playing the Chicago Cubs at home. And then Friday to Saturday and Sunday, uh, we have a series against the San Diego Padres. Very nice to see that uh, Manny Machado matchup once again. Uh, the Fusion, they have two matches this week. They uh, have the end of season, I mean not season, uh, stage th- week three, sorry, and stage four versus the Vancouver Titans, a very tough game. And then Saturday we play the Seoul Dynasty, another team who is going to give us a run for our money. The Seoul have their final game of the season today. It is going to be Sunday. It's going to be at Albany, and it's going to be versus the Empire in the 32nd Arena Bowl. Very fun. The Union have two games this week. One is on Sunday. It's against Houston at home. And uh, Saturday, we're also going to be playing the Chicago Fire in Chicago. So, uh, big Chicago week this week. And the Eagles have a game this week, week two of preseason. It's going to be at Jacksonville on uh, Thursday. So, all of those things are things that you can look forward to. But, is there anything that I think you should specifically look forward to? Absolutely. It's the Dr. PhD Picks of the Week. This first one is going to be, once again, the Philadelphia Soul. I know I like to mix this up and do three picks where two of them are Philadelphia sports-related and one of them is just a random one. I like to change it up a little bit, but I got to give it to the Soul. Let's get this championship. Let's bring some gold back to Philadelphia Um, We've made it to the big game. We're virtually even with this team, omitting that last game where pretty much no one played. And uh, the biggest thing is that their offense is a powerhouse, but our defense has been insane for the past couple of weeks. So who is going to win this game? Got to find out. 
Um, the second pick this week is going to be the Philadelphia Fusion. They uh, face a win and end situation. Just got to win one more match in these last two. These are the last two matches of Stage 4 for Philadelphia. It's going to be a hard-fought one, though. Two tough teams, so we just need one win. Hopefully we can get one over uh, on some of these uh, really good teams. Really prove that we should be in Grand Finals in Philadelphia. If you haven't bought your tickets yet, you should do it, because I would love to see you there. And the third pick this week is WWE SummerSlam is happening on Sunday, and it is going to be incredible. There are going to be some matches like my boy Finn Balor taking on the fiend Bray Wyatt Goldberg. If you remember Goldberg from your childhood, he is coming back for another match against Dolph Ziggler. Going to be a very fun time. Plus... Philadelphia's own Drew Gulak is going to defend his WWE Cruiserweight title, and it is going to be a great time. So those are the three things that I say you can look forward to this week. If you want to, you can follow me on social media. That's going to be at DrPhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. You can follow the podcast, too, at Orange Line Pod, spelled exactly the way you think, or also on Facebook, the Orange Line Podcast. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, Just search the Orange Line Podcast. And we're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any other place you can find your podcast. So with all of that being said, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let me know what you think and let me know what you're excited about for the weeks coming up. I am very excited for today and you should be too. So I will let you get to it and I will see you next time.